Hello and welcome to an episode of Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters who normally are in different places but are right now both in the <laughs> same place, which is London in Great Britain, um, talk about movies from our past and our childhood and we get to interview people we really love and appreciate and today our special guest is Sarah Kometa who has been our most gracious host in the incredible city of London and we will be talking about a very British film so it's very apropos. It is, it is very apropos. Thanks for putting that word into this conversation as well. I only put the best words into conversation. (laughs) We'd like to expand people's vocabulary. Left and right. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. All right. So, Amy, would you like to introduce our guest further? Sure. So, Sarah's the best. She hails from Massachusetts, um, and she has been living in London for a little bit over a year now, and we met her in Chicago through our good friend Lizzie Ketzik, who we've known for... Ever. 20. I know, isn't it crazy that it's over 20 years? Definitely over 20 years. She lives close to me in Lincoln Park in Chicago. So Sarah and Lizzie went to college together, and now we're all just friends, and it's the best thing ever. Also in the room, as a, as, as an audience member tonight, <laughs> is Sarah Bakerman. So Also say from hi. Massachusetts. Also from Massachusetts. <laughs> two Sarahs, both Massachusetts. It's the dream. So... Let's jump in Let's to jump in. our first segment, as in what's our favorite pop culture thing of the week. So, one of us should start. It's true. Do you want to go? I could go, too. I would say, overall, it's been really great being able to take part in William and Kate-related activities. Mm, so, I'm going to make yes. it a personal pop culture moment. Yes. So, when we were in St. Andrews, we did a self-guided tour of places that were important to them, like... An Indian restaurant they ate, or like a gift store <laughs> where he bought a card for Valentine's Day. It was beautiful. It mm-hmm. was beautiful. It mm-hmm. was really special. And then today we stood outside of the school where Prince George will go to kindergarten, and I'm glad we did that. Wait, do they have signs on the walls of all these places? No. Like William no. <laughs> no. No, you have to do some. <laughs> well, you have to do some creeping on the internet do first. Internet research, but it's yeah. worth it. Yeah, so the Weatherby School, it looks nice. It looks beautiful. We got to explore a little of the Chelsea Kensington Notting Hill area, mm-hmm. some beautiful mm-hmm. buildings. Mm-hmm. After tea at the Muffin Man. After tea at the where I ate all of the food. Sorry, guys. <laughs> they ate nothing. Um, okay, so my favorite thing of the week, I would say, was going to Harrods. That was something that I feel like... Every movie that's ever been based in London or... Except British movies that just exist here. So American-based movies. I don't know. I feel like even British-based movies mention Harrods. They're all like... I mean, even think about it. So I think the line that keeps getting to me when I was... Did Sensibility mention Harrods? Oh, stop. (laughs) Stop. You know what I meant. Time. time, In the right time period. Okay, okay. Not in Regency England. Ugh. Um, That was a really attractive noise. I know it was. So, so glad that I put that out there. Um, But I was thinking about... In the parent trap, where she's like, why don't we just go get lost in Harrods for a day? And having now gone to Harrods, I understand how possible that is. Okay. Sarah. Personal connection to the pop culture. Yeah, personal connection to the pop culture. So, I don't know if I have a personal connection (laughs) to the pop culture. Because I was thinking, uh, this is my first podcast. (laughs) Yay! Welcome! So, and I'm a bit brain dead. Uh, so, I guess the only pop cultural film in my head 
right now is um, we were talking about Mary-Kate and uh, Ashley Olsen. Oh, yeah, the best. And apparently they have a film called Winning London, which I've never seen, and is not available <laughs> on Sky or Netflix or Amazon Video for a reasonable price. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but we were talking about how Mary-Kate and Ashley had um, lots and lots of um, films in different locations that all had the same plots, which is they yes. fly to an exotic location, meet two men of their dreams, maybe brothers, <laughs> maybe twins, both handsome, both in love with them, and they leave. And then next year they go to Australia. Somewhere else. <laughs> so um, I, I think for some reason they're really beloved films. They are. Uh, they're, they're very nostalgic. I guess that's the theme of this, this uh, <laughs> it is. podcast. Yes. But I think it's ironic that I live in London and have not seen the winning London version of their adventure. So well, I'm, I'm on that. Here's a personal connection you didn't realize you had. Ah. Is that they yesterday we went to the Globe Theater and they have an experience in the Globe Theater. Oh, they do. Where they also pretend to fight with swords. Which they you do. Did for a I forgot that. We'll have to put that picture. That'll be yeah. the Instagram picture. <laughs> okay. Good point. Good point. Good point. Mm. Okay, so let's jump into the most British of films that we are, we've talked about so far. In Probably. the podcast In the history. podcast history. <laughs> Going way back seven, <laughs> nine months. Oh, wow. Whoa, we've been doing this for a while. Um, so, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, can you give us a brief synopsis, Sarah? So, okay, <laughs> so this movie's really funny because, um, well, it's a funny movie in general, um, but there's really no... <laughs> Clear plot, but if you had to go about it, I would say that it's supposed to be King Arthur and, and his knights um, in search of the Holy Grail, which if you are not familiar, um, then you clearly have not read um, that, that move or seen that movie with Tom Hanks. Oh, Da Vinci Code. Yes. I was thinking Angels and Demons, but that was a sequel. That was a sequel. Yeah. So lots and lots of... Uh, legends about the Holy Grail, which is to be either Jesus or Jesus' mom or a cop or something. And so uh, the British people, uh, in their self-deprecating way, make fun of it, where it's a British comedy troupe called Monty Python um, that had a series called Monty Python's Flying Circus that aired here for, like, decades. Um, oh, that's right. They actually ended up making a film, um, and it was a very, very low-budget film. Uh, so much so that the ending is very abrupt and very weird uh, because they actually just ran out of money and they had to end it really quickly. I, wait, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. Can I give the ending away? Please yeah. do. Go okay, ahead. So the ending is like, so they're searching, all these weird things happen on their journey to find the, the um, Holy Grail, all these weird uh, quests and scenarios that are actually hilarious. And then at the end, they just get arrested by the police. <laughs> and they're like taken away and it goes to black and you're like, what the fuck just happened to me? Um, and really, that was um, them running out of money and not being able to continue the film anymore. Wait, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, and you can tell it's really low budget because if you they were just like running around random fields in England, like trying well, to film the things. Fact, and, like I mean, it becomes part of the humor, but it's like the horse running and like making the horse. Yeah, they didn't have horses. Perfect. They used yeah. So one of the iconic scenes from the film is that they uh, one of the guys dressed as a gig is on like a stick like, jumping around, and then there's a guy behind him banging coconuts together, <laughs> and it becomes, like, this whole bit throughout the, the film where the, 
he's not really on a horse, he's just on some a stick and the guy's being coconuts. Right, and it's a it low sound. budget thing, <laughs> but they actually call it out while they're in the Right, book. because it's funny. Because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's so, so funny. So what are the scenes that stick out the most to you individually? Okay. For me, it's the knights who say me. That uh, one was always very <laughs> funny to me. Um, because I think... Now, I haven't seen this movie in a while. I will put that out there. <laughs> but that one always sticks in my brain because I think as a child, I was just like, but what are they saying? <laughs> like, And I just loved the fact that they all kind of like built off of each other and it seems so unplanned that they were all yeah. just like, I'm just going to say me. I love the killer rabbit scene. Not that like, is like the yeah, well, that even, the iconic scene. And there's like one part, and I don't remember the exact words, so I'm gonna mess it up. But it's like not one, not two, but three, <laughs> not uh, four, not yeah, yeah. five. So it's like you must count to three, not like was it not two, not five. So he's like talking <laughs> about when to throw the holy <laughs> hand grenade. So they oh have my a, gosh! Yeah, they have okay. a holy hand grenade of Antioch <laughs> in which they have to lo- throw at a bunny. So there's like there's a killer bunny. <laughs> This is, this is how absurd this movie gets. So the, the, I watch this movie now. I know, me too. <laughs> so what happens is, uh, yeah, the, they, they come upon this, this cave, and they need to enter to try and find the Holy Grail, because that's their latest clue. And uh, Tim the Enchanter, uh, a man in who has ram, uh, like weird ram horns attached yes, to his head. Yes, yes. Who they find in a field just blowing up random things. (laughs) Uh, Leads them to this cave and he's like, beware of the beast that lives there. And they're all scared. And and then they get off and they see that it's just a bunny in a field. Like a little cute white bunny. And then they're like, well this is ridiculous. Why did you lead us on? And they start to charge the cage. Or the cave. Saying like, let's go forward. Who cares? And then the bunny just like kills. Like all of them. (laughs) He's like half their men. And it's like this scene where like this clearly a stuffed bunny that they throw around. That's like a part of the low budget thing where it's like ripping, like there's blood on it and there's blood on the people. <laughs> That's I so love funny. how well you know that. Yeah, I know the whole film by heart actually. I know the whole and you couldn't think of a movie to do. I'm like, this is the perfect I, I movie. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, also, like the scene on like when he's crossing the river, that one sticks out to me. And like, is it an African sparrow or European? Oh, yeah. Right? African or European? Yeah, I don't know that. Oh, he gets cast off the off the bridge. Off the yeah. bridge. Yes. So, yeah. Wait. And the guy whose arms Okay, can I... Sorry. So, having now finally been to the UK, this movie makes a little bit more sense to me in the sense that it seems, and I've been calling it lads on tour because I know that's (laughs) something that, like, happens, but I feel like in London, especially, there have just been these groups, and even in Belfast, and even, I would say, probably in Edinburgh, even though we we didn't go out quite as much in Edinburgh, it's like there are these groups of young men Mm. who go out together, and they are just, like out to have fun with their friends. Like, it is the strangest thing to me, and I love it. <laughs> like, but it's gangs like, of men. Ultimate Rotom. Like, even today on the tube, on the way back, there were, like, these this group of four guys in the next car who were just, like, they're, they're dying together. They yeah. were, like, had beers in their hands. Like, they were just, like, this is, this is our bro time. And this movie makes a lot more sense because it seems like it was just that extended and the made into thing. a movie. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think... You make a really good point because I think in the U.S. we always think of like gangs of guys as like guys going out together so they can like yeah, pick up women. Like, right, right. The guys could not give a shit if you were there, if you were right. not there. Like yeah. and they don't approach women as much. As, well, maybe they don't. I don't know if I'm uglier here or what. <laughs> no, stop. but they, they don't approach them as much from what I've seen. Like because uh, it's just not as as accepted, right? It's, right. Like, not very polite to just approach someone in on them. There's this weird uh, British shyness about it, but I think. Um, 
in the in the aspect of the movie, um, it's 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 a comedy troupe of men, right. right? But it's also just so like that that self deprecating that um, silly aspect of British humor is like that's the undercurrent of all like right. when people like there's so much that when in everyday conversation that these like. British people are, like, inherently funny to me because they work in this stuff that's always, like, sounds really silly. Like, I was saying the other day, like, Mr. Whippy is the ice cream. And, like, mm-hmm. just naming, like, their ice cream truck something like Mr. Whippy, which is, like, so, like, like weirdly we, flamboyant. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. everything is like that. We like, passed a camera store today that was called Snappy Snaps. Yeah, Snappy Snaps. Yeah, it's weird, like, everything's silly. And it's, like, that's the, like, this... The ensis the of Multipython is, like, just making fun of, like, well, this really silly stuff. don't they even say, like, instead of just saying, like, a fish and chip place, they just call it, like, a chippy? Oh, yeah, a chippy, yeah. Or something, yeah. Like, everything shortens with a Y. <laughs> anyway, okay, this is probably, yeah, like, right about the middle of our podcast. So it's time for our newest for, segment. Time for some radical honesty. Radical honesty or airing of the grievances. Um, <laughs> who wants to go first? I have some, I have some radical honesty. Um... <laughs> So, radical, radical honesty. <laughs> <laughs> we got this from a truly terrible TV show. Just Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. It's, it's on oh. Netflix. Okay. And so bad. You just have to finish it. Is it a, you don't have to finish Steve it. Steve Harvey film kind of sounds like No, no it's only it's white terrible. people. It's like uh, super LA super jappy. White. Yeah. Super jappy. Like, though, it's like Beverly mm. Hills jappy and like miserable. And Annie was like, I didn't realize all these characters were Jewish. And I was like, these are, like, the people I work with. Okay, anyway. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting off a uh, tangent. What was my... Oh, I had my radical honesty. So, what is, ter- like, terrifying to me about cold weather? And this isn't even, like, theoretically that bad. Oh, my is gosh. I used to have, like, strength, and I used to be able to do things, and now I'm just not. So now my grievance... Maybe it's just, like, a fear is that I will be bound by places that are warm because I am weak. <laughs> I think that up. that is real. You've I actually up. will say that that is real. You've been spoiled. You got too soft. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was one of those things I remember because I studied abroad in Uganda, which is obviously, like, very warm. And someone was like, it will take you seven years to reacclimate to, like, cold weather. No, it won't. Who I've, said that? And I'm just, Where did they get the number? Right? And then I'm just, like, given up because I've never stayed in cold weather for that amount of time. And I can't imagine. And it's hard because, like, I'm like, oh, like, it would be so fun to live in London. Or, like, oh, I'd, like, love to live in New York. Or, like, I'd love to, like, live in Chicago. And I'm like, I don't. Radical, radical honesty. I don't know if I can. <laughs> So, like, that statistic, though, you're, I think it really gets your head because no one is, like, f- like logging in a book, like, how long it took them to reacclimate. Like, exactly. I don't think any scientists are being like, oh, like, checking in with someone every year. Do you feel, <laughs> you feel, you feel There's comfortable There's a yet? lot of dumbass <laughs> dissertations out there. Yeah. I, I, mean, I would like to question that one, the data on that one. But That's true. I don't give up in the cold, you know. But today, I was honestly outside, and I was like... I need to go inside and I never want to go outside again. Like, <laughs> this gets to your bones at some point. Yes. <laughs> I was I was fine today. Okay, your mom- moments of radical honesty. Do you want to go? I don't have anything at you. Guys. Okay, I, I have one. <laughs> so I'm I have a flight back to Chicago you by way of radical honesty. <laughs> I have a flight back to Chicago tomorrow morning by way of Charlotte. And I went to check into American Airlines today, and for some reason, they think I'm traveling with a freaking infant on my lap, and so won't let me check in online. And here's the real jam, people. 
I'm not traveling with an infant, and that really pisses me off because there's no way to change it unless I call them, which is, like, number one, impossible, but number two, I hate talking on phones. Also, I hate it. Great is one of Annie's pet peeves is anytime we're in, like, line for something that is, like, warning expectant mothers, I'll be like, Annie, you can't go on. <laughs> yeah, Eleanor always, like, makes this joke, and she's like, ha so funny, and I'm like, I actually don't get what's so funny about that. I am kind of pregnant. <laughs> One day it's going to be like, you are pregnant. I know. It's going to be really upsetting. It is. I'm going to be very upset that I can't get on that ride, but That's for right now, I'm like, do I look pregnant? Do I, yeah, when, I won't even tell you if I ever get pregnant. I'll just take you to an amusement park. <laughs> and they'll be like, you can't get on. And you're like, fine, I'm done. And then I'll walk away. Okay. okay. Anyway. Okay. Do you have a moment of radical honesty? Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I didn't think of anything at that time. <laughs> I guess, let's see. Well, so, I guess a radical honesty, but it's a more of a complaint about myself. Is that, is that with radical yeah, honesty? Yeah, it is. I am on my third pair of gloves this winter season. Mm. Maybe fourth. <laughs> no, it is the fourth, because I started with my green ones, and then I bought, I bought maroon ones, then I bought gray ones, yeah, and now I'm on tan ones. So this is my fourth pair of gloves this season. So what happens to me, everywhere I go, I'll, I'll be walking, or there's so many reasons why you need to use your hands. Like, I'm always yes. fumbling around my purse to get something like my, my tube card, or... I don't know, like, my keys or something, and so I'm always taking off one of the gloves, or, like, taking off both, because I think having one glove looks silly, and, like, shoving it in a pocket, like, getting out of my other stuff, and before you know it, it's gloves gone. are gone. No. Gloves are gone. And I have to keep buying, I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter, because it's only, like, six ninety nine, and so I, like, keep buying. But they add gloves. up. But now it's like I spent freaking 50 pounds on gloves. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to keep happening. Okay. Can I tell you what changed that for me? Tying them together. No. That was me. No. That was Eleanor. <laughs> Robin Huntington, our mother, always changes everything for me. Now, last year, she was very concerned about me being on recess duty with my students um, and it being really cold. So she got me gloves that were, like, phone sensitive so I can wear gloves and use my phone at the same time which is an it's truly been a game changer because I don't have to take off my gloves anymore right I don't ever like there it's annoying to like grab things in a purse to like get things out but that's the only thing right because but like that's why I was taking off my gloves all the time and she was like I'm not letting you do that (laughs) thanks mom okay so back to Monty Python and the Holy Grail what is the value for would you recommend this film to youth of today and why I would. I don't know. Uh, maybe youth over a certain age. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Like parts can be adapted. For yeah. Any age. Yeah. Also, actually, if you actually you could probably do any age because the parts that are a little bit risque probably go right over your head. And I think when I first watched this film, I was eleven or something. And there's like a bunch of slapstick humor. Right. That's really yeah. funny. Like, there's like one of the opening scenes or early scenes is a bunch of monks walking and they're just hitting themselves in the face with their their tablets. And it's funny to us. Like, adults, because it's, like, oh, it's, like, you know... Making fun of... Crazy yeah. religion. But also, it's funny to a kid, because these people are just hitting themselves <laughs> in the face. And, like, the coconut stuff is really funny. Like, right. I really recommend it to tweens. <laughs> okay. No, no, I mean, yeah. I feel the same way about the movie Airplane, because I saw that... We saw that movie very young, and I think it's in a similar category of being, like, slapstick funny, but Even somewhat clue, irreverent. You argue. Oh, oh you clue. Yeah, Clue, there's lots of sexual stuff, actually, yes. when you watch it again, but when I was a kid... You never... You don't realize it. Except for the one part where they're kind of, like, making out, you know, trying to... Yeah, yeah to prevent like, people from seeing yeah, that someone's cop. dead. Like, yeah. they're, like, hooking up with, like, a dead person in between them. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. <laughs> it's funny, because I went to a film screening of it in August, but I didn't really put 
like even then it didn't bother me that it was like necrophilia. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really like gross. Kidding you, yeah. Mm. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. Like all at one time. Um, but what's funny about that is so last year I had a student named Michael Hughes. Michael's the best. He was truly one of my faves. Um, Animal House was his favorite movie. Uh, Second favorite movie, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And he yeah. could, like you, he could say the whole movie and he just would pull it out sometimes. Like, sometimes he would just come up to my desk and be like, the Knights of Me. And I was like, okay, weirdo, like, go back and do your work. It's for the nerdy set, for sure. Yeah, he's, he's a nerd, admittedly, but he's a good one. He's a cool me, nerd. But even still, like, I don't know if you remember, because we, when we taught mill, medieval Europe, we did show parts of this. Did we? What parts? <laughs> The I, castle? We maybe showed the castle, and it might the French just, scene where they might, throw the animals at them. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it might have just. Oh, I love that scene. Isn't love that scene. And it's run funny. away. It's funny because the thing with the French got re kind of like adapted to be a Veggie Tales <laughs> clip. Do you Keep remember walking. that one? Yeah, it became yes. a Veggie Tales song. Really like, adapted. Oh my god! Because freshman year of high school, my theology teacher got, like, really sick and, like, left for forever. And then her, like, both sets of her parents... Both sets of her parents. Her parents both died... This is, like, very sad, but they, like, died, like, one, and she was out taking care of the one, the other one for, like, six weeks, and then, like, she left, and, like, the other one died, so then she left again for a really long time. So we had her, like, maybe, like, three weeks total over the course of freshman year. So we... All we did was watch, like, VeggieTales... Prince of Egypt and the Ten Commandments, like, Prince of Egypt. over and over again. So I know, I have a very deep knowledge of Egypt. <laughs> I know, it's actually true, it's kind of scary. Oh, very deep oh But God. there's a song called Keep Walking, and these little French peas sing it. It's like Jericho. You silly little pecan. You, you silly, silly little, little pea. pea. You think that, it's weird that I can probably sing this entire song. <laughs> it's actually right super funny. Yeah, we'll have to find the YouTube clip and I'll share to, it. Yeah, okay, we'll I'm, share it on I'm our, write it on my to-do list. We'll write it, we'll share it on our Facebook Facebook page. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think kids would enjoy this too. I, yeah. yes. And I think it's thankfully Monty Python in general, as specifically like our family, I think I have a very soft spot for John Cleason, Faulty Towers. Yeah. Yeah. It introduced me to British humor. This whole yes. thing. And actually I think it's like sparked like a, a lifelong love of England and England, British humor and, and right. I don't know if it was like, sub, like, like subconsciously why I ended up here but I think I, I mean I think after that I actually remember um, you know, when I got really into that movie then I was into the other Monty Python films like Life of Brian and right. uh, Meeting of Life and they're all hilarious um, and then I, I remember someone gave me a box set of all of the Flying Circus so tapes, funny. and I was obsessed with those for a long time, and then, like, you go and you seek out right. other, other, um, you know, things in the genre, because you like something else so much, you want more of it, and so, um, yeah, I think it's, like, an intro to British humor for anyone. Right. And it's, like, if you can relate to someone, it's, like, the same kind of humor. Like, I hadn't really found something that I found, like, gut-wrenchingly funny right. until that. And that's, like, my kind of humor, where it's just silly and, like, So this is the perfect weird. place for you. Well, I don't know. Like, but for I, right yeah. now. For right now. I remember watching it with my, my dad and my sister, like, the first time. And, like, my dad, who's, you know, at the time he's, like, in his 40s, just, like, Belly laughing, <laughs> and like my sister and I were like, like you know, hysterically like, laughing. Yeah. yeah, and it's just you know. And yeah, you can connect with them on that level. Yeah. I remember do- feeling the same about Faulty Towers with our oh, parents. Oh yeah, and other BBC. It was like weird when like 
I thought something was funny, and they clearly also thought it was funny. Yeah, because there's, like, modern, like, you know, Ledio sort of humor, and, like, you right. watch different kinds of shows. Right. But this is, like, it's almost timeless to me. And right. Like you said, it could be across all ages, so. Right, and I don't think we have a show like that right now, or even a comedy, like, because even Modern Family, which is, actually has the most, um... Crossover appeal? No, the most jokes per page oh, really? of any show in television. Yeah, just, like, like the script I think it only really hits adults like I don't know that kids find it all that funny maybe they it's find slapstick You're yeah right. it's more just a commentary right because like, we don't yeah. really have anything like Cosby show which would have been there's not really right. like the family sitcom no yeah. but Monty Python has something for everyone too like one of my favorite scenes is the peasant scene yeah where there's this peasant just like rolling around in the mud and they get <laughs> in this like big discourse about like you know like Oh, what does he say? Like, I'm your king, like, to the peasant guy, because he wants him to do what he says, and then he's like, you're not my king, I didn't vote for you, and then they had this whole discussion about, like, systems of government, and, like, just because he pulled a sword out of a lake, like, doesn't mean that, you know, there's no basis for a system of government, and they're, like, fighting, and, like, it's like, an adult that's pretty funny, even to a kid, because you realize it's ridiculous, it's right, really yeah. funny, it's like, strange women lying in ponds, distributing stuff. <laughs> like I said, I could quote a lot of it, so, um... Yeah, it's really for everyone. It's an amazing film. Yeah. It sparked a lifelong love of England, and now it's in my head, and here I am living here and ah. contributing and paying taxes to them. Ah. So if you don't want to be ruled by the British government, maybe don't watch it. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm happy enough. So. That's so funny. I mean, have you ever heard the Australian term pommy? No, what's that? Uh, so Australians, like, will shorten a lot of words, and they they don't make sense unless you, like, they're translated, like we were talking about with the British. Oh, yeah, yeah. They call British people pommies because prisoner of her majesty. Uh-huh. But so uh, are they, really, in the Commonwealth. I, I tried to explain that to them, too, and they were, like, not on board with it. Like, no. But what was I going to say? I mean, I also love that this movie has been translated into a musical, not the exact same story, but Spamalot is yeah. so funny, and... Um, I've actually never seen it, but I know the whole soundtrack, Yes. <laughs> and it's so funny. And I, um... I'm not alone. That's my favorite song. So I have to do, like, more, morning duty outside, too, and it's, like, you know, 7.40 in the morning, and I don't want to see kids, but I have to be outside in the cold walking them into our class, like, in our school. And, um... I usually sing to my coworkers like always look on the bright side of death. And they're like, What are you doing? Have you seen that song? They're actually like um nailed to crucifixes. Really? Yeah, and meaning of life. They sing that's why it's so funny, because they're singing always look on the bright side of life while they're be they're nailed to the crucifix. That's so funny. Oh, I have to see that. Like so some of it is like like as a kid, you may not notice that. Yeah. I actually only recommend Holy Grail probably to like young children right. because there is a scene. How adult is this podcast? <laughs> is my, some of my he, students listen, but not okay. not with regularity. He opens a window and it's just like his penis. <laughs> like, just that was like the first full frontal I had seen. And I had watched it when I was really young, and I was like, oh, everyone remembers their first full frontal. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think it was Goodbye Berlin. Yeah, I was. Mine was the same. And it was like terrifying because it was like it was like, so bad. I remember like, being like, "Mom, why?" <laughs> it was like unnecessary to the plot of the film entirely, and we're like, "What? <laughs> what yeah. was this doing there?" Well, like yeah, and and um, and mean like you don't see it coming. It's just like he just opens the window and then it's like. <laughs> 
<laughs> and you're like, there we go, cock faster. And cock, yeah, cock. <laughs> That's a really good point. Cock is a totally appropriate word in England. Yes. And it's everywhere. It's to the point where like people don't even find it funny anymore, and I still giggle in my head. <laughs> so like, well, there's like a bunch of pubs called cock, and like my first date actually with my boyfriend here was at the famous cock. Yes. Which is the one Great. right at by the That's tube amazing. station. So, because I just thought it was fun, and I was like, I love this pub. And like the only reason why I liked it was because of the name. It's actually a shit pub. <laughs> but, but hey. Yeah, so it's not inappropriate to stay cock okay. on the podcast. Because <laughs> it's fine in England, and we're in England today. Yes. We're in England, today. England rules. Her Majesty's rules. Um, okay, well, this has been wonderful. What a great conversation. But we should probably wrap up because. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. We're at 28 minutes. This is a nice long one. So, um, now we finish. Our last segment is, like, where in the world you'd want to be right now. Mm. So, um, who wants to start? I can. I loved being in Great Britain, but I am very cold. <laughs> and to continue with my William and Kate Creeper tour, <laughs> I would go to the Seychelles because it's very warm and it's where they had their honeymoon. <laughs> and you could, you know, so go I to the resort. The most creeper. You could sit in the mm-hmm. chairs they sat in. That would be the dream. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How about you, Sarah? Um, if I could go anywhere right now that wasn't here, I would go to Bali. Because I have heard, it's like in my head right now, I've heard wonderful things about Bali. I am also very cold today. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, like I this French guy I work with came back from Bali. He's like, we don't have to live like this. We, there's so see, many expats in Bali. See, see, you don't have to live bone cold. He's for... like, well, he said, you don't have to live in the, more what he meant was the lifestyle, oh, the rush and the, the right, get up and right, the activity. And, and London is sort of non-stop and when you do stop, like I did today, you like almost get hit. Yeah, you, you like know? die. Right, yeah. You're like dying. So, um, but he's like, these people live these relaxed lives and they meditate, they do yoga and they just, how they make money is they rent out these houses that they buy because it's cheap for them, which I don't know if it's good for Bali, but whatever. But um, that's where I'd like to be. Yeah, that's, yeah, that nice. sounds lovely. Because you don't have to live like this. You can go to Bali. <laughs> um, if I could be anywhere right now, I think it would be Vienna. Um, because I loved Edinburgh and like the fact that there was a castle in Edinburgh and well, two castles really, um, and that it was so old and historic. And so I'd like to go and um, see another city that's like that because like London's so cool because the modern and the old are mixed in like this really cool way but Edinburgh like especially the old town like you just felt like you were like stepping back in time so that was really cool and I and I go see that again um mm-hmm. but anyway okay so thanks for listening to another lovely podcast um I don't know how we stop these now oh shoot we had a word what we was had it? I can't remember I can't remember yes Year of yes. Year of yes. Say yes, fans. Okay, bye.